comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's the lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever till the day that I died I said 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life That's a song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner and good friend, Dennis McKay. Dennis has a studio down in Columbus, Mississippi. He also owns his own record label, Mac Records, and that's recorded on Mac Records. Ain't that cool, Darrell? That's cool. Yeah, That's man. cool. You guys get a chance to get a hold of that CD, call Gary. At 618-383-2107, or you can log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. And we'd be glad to send you a copy of that. And we'd also like to send you some of our free CDs to help you drivers out there on the road. And today, driver, if you got a minute, we'd like to jump up in the cab with you while you ride down the road a little bit. Let's do that. Daryl, let's just get right in the cab with him. I'm getting in the bunk again, man. I like it. And this guy here looks like he's got a Tempur-Pedic back here. So I'm just going to lay down and uh, pretend I'm asleep. <laughs> Honest, I'm just pretending. Yeah. But driver, today we'd like to... Tell you a story about a good friend of ours. Richie Turnbow. Man, I'll tell you what a great guy he is. You've known him for how long, Darrell? Probably 15 years. 15 years. And yeah. I've known him for, oh gosh, I don't know, since uh, about six years now. About six years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richie uh, was working for the company that I worked for. I was a terminal manager for McElroy Truck Lines, and Richie come in as a driver. And uh, he ended up on a dedicated run. And Richie had some issues going on at home, some health issues at home with his with his son. And uh, he called me one day. Yeah. And uh, he was pretty well tore up. And he asked me, he said, I know that you started going to church. And he said, so I, I'm going to ask you to pray for my wife and, and, and their son. And I said, well, Richie, I said, we're going to pray for all of you. We're going to pray for you, too. He said, oh, no, don't waste your prayers on me. Well, you know, drivers' prayers are never wasted. Amen. That's, that's true. You know, my grandmother prayed for me back in the 50s and 60s and uh, passed away in the early 60s. But even today, I know that her prayers are being answered because I'm walking with God. Amen. And it, and it wasn't answered for another 50 years. So prayers are never wasted, driver. But uh, Richie got a hold of some of these CDs that we're talking about that you're getting ready to throw in your, in your CD player. Matter of fact, this is Richie's story. Yeah. He listened to some of these CDs, and his heart was tender, and the Lord was dealing with him and talking to him. 
And don't tell me that the Lord's never dealt with you and talked to you. Yeah. Gary, you know how that feels. I do know how that feels. Uh, God is working on each and every one of us every day. Yeah. If we'll just turn our eyes to him, man, I tell you, he, he can make a difference in our lives. He does. He's made a big difference in my life as well and yours too, Gary. Right. Gary and I are just a couple old truck drivers. Uh, yeah, uh, we old, are. Old. Yeah, we're truck old. Driver. We're wore out and wore down. That's O-L-E. Old, yeah, O-L-E, old truck old drivers. Old truck yeah. drivers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> but we know what it feels like to be a truck driver out there on that old lonesome road. Yes, we do. And uh, that's why we want to ride along with you today, driver, just to just to put a little pep in your step. Keep you company for about an hour or so. Yeah, just keep you company and let you listen to this CD uh, and see what God has done in this man's life because God is real. Mm-hmm. He's the real deal, and I know it's so hard sometimes to understand that, especially when you're battling something uh, that you have no control over. And uh, I've learned through the years that if you turn that over to him, he'll fight them battles for you. Amen. So today, listen to this story, and uh, let us know what you think about it. Give us a call at Channel 21 Ministries. is where is a ministry that I'm involved with at 615-663-3199. Or give Gary Rayburn a call at Lonesome Road Ministries. 618-383-2107. So give us a shout and let us know what you think about Richie Turnbow's story. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know, before we put that testimony of Richie in there, I think we ought to play another song. Let's do it. What song do you think might go with Richie's testimony? I think Joe Arview. Oh, Joe Arview. He's an awesome, awesome <laughs> man of God. He's a, yeah. And he, a great singer-songwriter, by the way, and a very good friend of ours. Yes, yes. So we're going to put on a song by our good friend, Joe Arview. Bet you my mama was down 
down on the floor She held me up When I let her down She kept on a praying Till heaven came down Somewhere in heaven tonight Somebody ought to say Everybody listen Hear mama pray That's Joe Arview and I'm going to give you his contact information because I know a lot of drivers like to call Joe and talk to him about the songs that he's written and they also like to order his music CDs and he's got a bunch of good ones I, I promise you that Joe's phone number is 618-927-1986, and he has a website, joerview.com. And make sure when you call Joe, it's about 2, 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> he, yeah, he loves that. He loves that when you call him about 2, 2.30 in the morning. And tell him Gary Rayburn said for you to call. No, please don't do that. Don't call him at 2.30 in the morning. But Joe's a good guy. He's a good friend. And he's a good friend of the trucking industry. He cares about the drivers out there. Yes, he does. And Joe also travels all over the country, so there's a good chance he might be up at 2.30 in the morning, so just go ahead and give no, him a call. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> he may be traveling. Yeah. You never know. But uh, Joe is a great guy, and he's got some great music. And we're going to play another song from Joe here after a while. But uh, right now, we need to get into this testimony of our good friend Richie Turnbow because what a powerful, powerful story he has about what happened to him out there on that old lonesome road. Yeah, you guys really enjoy this. All right, Daryl, where's the CD at? Did you lose right here. it? No, oh. I got it right here. Okay. Right. Wait, wait, it's underneath the mattress. Hang on, <laughs> I, I dropped it. All right, well, give, hand that to me, and we'll plug it in this uh, driver's CD player right now. Let's go. Here we go, drivers. Hang on. Richie Turnbow. Uh, thank you, Gary, and thank you, Daryl, for that introduction. I really don't deserve it, but thank you very much. Uh, like Daryl said, I have been with the company over 10 years, and uh, I'm very blessed to work for a company that is faith-based, like Mr. McElroy. Uh, I've had the chance over the last several years to shake Mr. J.C. McElroy's hand. God has blessed him so much because he's been obedient to God. Uh, he's blessed him with uh, family, he's blessed him with, with wisdom, and he's blessed him with finance. And, and it's a pleasure to work in with him, and, and he's also partnershiped. Uh, with Channel 21 Ministries because he has faith in what we're doing and he knows it's from God. There's a lot of scripture uh, in the Bible that, that I, can, I can choose from that would describe me so well. Uh, but one I'd like to bring out is, is Psalm 116, which says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest. O oh, my soul, for the Lord has dealt with you bountifully, for you have delivered my soul from death. And uh, that touches me so much because that's where I was at. Now I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of men uh, talk about their family life and how they how they grew up with with family vacations and and you know and trips that they took and sitting around the dinner table and talking about their day. And I didn't come from that that family. I come from a, a abusive home. My father was an alcoholic and he uh, physically abused us and he verbally abused us. And over the years, it, you know, that takes its toll. Now he grew up poor himself. His father died when he was seven in a car wreck. He spent 26 years of service in the military. But the one thing he couldn't let go was the alcohol and it just dominated his life. And unfortunately it dominated, ended up dominating ours. But growing up, when growing up in a, an alcoholic family like that, you don't understand because when you're a kid, all you know is your family. You just you just want to love your mom and your dad and just go where they go. And, and when they're fighting like that, and and you just don't understand. And when he would go into these drunk uh, rages, uh, he'd tear up the house. He'd break all the windows out of the house. And of course, I did what any other kid would do. I, I went to my room and I hid uh, to stay away from him because if he saw me, then it would just he'd seem to want to take it out on me also. But over the years, I mean, this went on uh, 
most of my childhood, if not all of it. And there came a day where all of this just came to a point, come to a head. Just one day, I don't know what it was and what they got into it about, but they got into the worst fight. And I, of course, I'm hiding in my room. I was wishing I could be out of the house. And he just stomped, stormed back to his bedroom, got a shotgun. And of course, and he, and he, he cocked that shotgun. And I knew it was loaded because I used to play with it when, when he was going to work. I'd play that thing. I knew it was loaded. But, uh, and he comes stomping back through, and I heard my mama scream at the top of her lungs, Richie, help me. You know, I didn't know what to do. I was only 13 years old. I didn't know what to do. So I knew he was going to kill her. I grabbed a baseball bat that was in my room. And I went up to the hall as quick as I could, and she was running back and forth. She wasn't going to stand still for me, making an easy target. But as he raised that shotgun up, I hit him. I hit him in the back of the head as, as hard as I could. And he went, I heard that bat just thug off his back and his head, and he just rolled over the coffee table and onto the ground. And my mother grabbed me. We took me to the uh, neighbor's house, and we hid because we didn't know what he was going to do. And, you know, uh, she just grabbed me and we took him to the neighbor's house and of course they called the cops and come get him but that was kind of the beginning of the end I guess relationship that I had with him I wish it could have been better but you know over the years you know while he was still living he didn't he didn't say much to me about it I don't know if he just wanted to forget it or just didn't want to bring it up but you know no no kids should have to be to be raised in a home like that and that's what alcohol will do for you uh, it will tear your family apart It'll destroy the relationship with your children. My mother was a was a godly woman, and and I, looking back, I I really thank her now for 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 what she done for me and being with me like she was. She you know she was my 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 pillow and my 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 comfort. She was just that big old warm blanket. That's what she was to me. She made me realize that at a, at a very young age that I had a serious drug problem. Because she drug me to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday. Amen. <laughs> but that was her refuge. The church was her refuge. And, and she loved to go. She loved to worship. She loved the fellowship of other uh, Christians that were there. She loved to sing. And uh, I remember as a kid, she would uh, stand up and sing, and I'd look up at her, and she'd just wink at me or smile, <laughs> you know. But... Uh, you know, that, that's the memories of my mother there. She was such a godly woman, and, and I'm blessed for that. It, it also, it, it was the part where, this is the part where I walked away from God to begin with. She, at an age where I am now, got cancer. And I watched her get sicker and sicker by the month with these chemo treatments and radiation treatments that she's taken and the surgeries. Uh, this went on over a two-year span. You know, ultimately she died. And when she did, there was a part of me that died with her, you know, because you, you only have one mom. And I was, I was young and naive then, and I, I blamed God for that. I thought to myself, you know, how could a mighty God let someone that loves him that much suffer so much and die? And, of course, I know today that I know God's love today. I didn't know it. I was young then, and I didn't know God's love like I do today. But I took it out on him, and, and I walked away. And for 25 years, I, I stayed on that path away from him. Uh, but my mother was a good woman, and she raised me uh, better than that to act that way. Uh, I prayed about that. I apologized, prayed to the Lord to forgive me, and prayed for my mother to forgive me, and I know that they have. So later on, I... I I knew I had to make a living. I had to do something. So I went into the uh, restaurant business that she actually helped me do. She helped me, she helped me do this with, with finance and with her, own, with her help. She helped me do this. Did it for 14 years. Had a good business. Everything's going well. I was married. And, and the Lord gave me a beautiful daughter. Blessed me with that. But things started falling apart at my home. And me and my wife separated and divorced. And she took what she wanted and took about the only thing that I wanted, which was my daughter. So my world was 
my world was falling apart because I didn't have God in my life. After we got divorced, I was living in a rental house that I actually uh, had purchased. I had kicked my renters out so I'd have a place to live. But during this time, uh, everything around me was falling apart. My business was, I was going belly up in the process of getting divorced. My, my judge was telling me that I was going to be a weekend dad. And everything that I knew was gone. And I, I, was, I was in the ashes. And, and, and I had to crawl out of that. I had to crawl out of the ashes, but I didn't want to. Uh, just to be perfectly honest with you, I just wanted to die right there. And there's a, there's, a, there's a verse in the book of Job that describes where I was at. And it's the book of Job, chapter 30. And he says, He has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. And that's where I was in my life. I had no direction. Uh, I didn't have the men of God that I have today directing me on what I need to do. And, and I, had, I had no direction. I didn't know what I was going to do. Fortunately for me, I, I, I met a good woman who understood everything I was going through, who, who put up with me when, when uh, I wouldn't put up with myself. And, and she stuck with me uh, up, up until this day. She's, she's a real good woman. God has brought her into my life, and I don't deserve her, but she's still with me. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, what am I going to do now? Everything I knew is gone. What am I going to do? So I decided I was going to drive a truck for a living. And I found this company, Macower Truck Lines, and they guaranteed to get you home on the weekends, and they do. And that's what I needed, because I needed that time on the weekends to spend with my daughter. So that's primarily why I chose that company. But as years passed, uh, marriage was doing good. I uh, had a beautiful daughter, but there was an emptiness inside of me, and I didn't know what it was, and and I tried to do everything. Uh, my wife put up with all the drinking that I had done. I thought maybe if I just get drunk enough, uh, that might bring me some peace. I asked her to do all kinds of things with me to just to try to keep me happy, and I was searching for everything to make me happy, but I just couldn't find it. Shortly after we were married, my wife told me that, uh, that she wanted a son. Uh, she had never had kids, and she just felt like it was her time. She wanted a son. And I argued with her, and I told her I wanted a bass boat instead. <laughs> and, uh, and, in, <laughs> and in April of 2006, my son was born. So you can see who won that battle. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, with driving, driving this truck for the last 10 years, uh, it's been a blessing for me. I've been able to have a good job uh, that allows me to stay home with my family. And, uh, and, I, and I thank God for letting me have that in my life, to let me have my wife and my kids and my family uh, in my life. I want to talk about a very important time in my life. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a time that changed my life. It, it changed the dynamics of my family because I, I found out that God's altar can alter a family and it and he did um, God has blessed Gary Rayburn at Rig Ministries uh, so much over the years and allowed him to do the CD ministry that he does today and because of the CD ministry that he has done not only has he reached thousands of lives and thousands of families but he allowed uh, the Holy Spirit of God to reach out and touch me and, and to change my life also. Uh, one evening, coming home from work, keep in mind I'm still unhappy, nothing's going my way, I can't, I can't do anything to fill that void in my life. I tried everything I could try to fill that void in my life. And it, it got to the point where I was actually taking it out on my family. I was, uh, shamefully, I was blaming them for my unhappiness. I kept telling myself, you know, what, what more purpose do I have in life? There's got to be a purpose for me, God, more than just working and providing for my family. What, what else am I supposed to do? That evening, driving home, uh, listening to the CD ministry from Rig Ministries, uh, it touched my heart so much. But I need to share this with you. There's no warning labors on these CDs. No one told me to not listen to uh, Daryl Spicer's testimony and Tony Mack's free in Christ testimony at the same time back to back no one told me you can't do this so uh, and believe me if you do it 
please have a box of tissue with you. Be somewhere where it's, it's a good soft place to put your knees because you are going to hit your knees and you need something to blow your nose with. I, I know I'm being funny with this, but it was so true. That ride home, I listened to Daryl's speaking and my heart got so soft, so soft. And then when I listened to Tony Max, it got so much softer. And believe me, when you meet Jesus, you know exactly where you're at. If you can't remember where you're at when you met Jesus, then you didn't meet him. Well, I met Jesus, and I met him behind the wheel of a semi-truck in the state of Tennessee, Interstate 40, eastbound at the 145 and a half mile marker. The Holy Spirit came upon me and touched me in, uh, in a way I just can't describe to you. I'm, uh, tears were going to the left and snot was going to the right. I tried to raise my hand up to praise God and, and the, the little cab I'm in, it wouldn't go up. It's not that tall and I couldn't get my hand up high enough. So I finally reached my exit. I, got, I said, I got to find, I got I to gotta reach my exit. I can't just stop here on the side of this interstate. So I reached my exit. I got up on the steps of that truck, just stuck my hands up to the Lord and was just thanking him. And all I could say is, please forgive me, Jesus, and thank you. I don't know how many times I said, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for, Lord, for giving me another chance because I was so lost. I'm telling you, folks, I was so lost out there. I had no direction, and I was lost, and I was on that invisible road going straight to hell, and I didn't know it. But he, he had compassion on me when I didn't deserve it. I know I didn't deserve it, but he had compassion on me anyways. Mark chapter 5, uh, there's a verse where Jesus spoke to a demon-possessed man, and that, that man was me. I, was, I had so many demons inside of me. Uh, I had so much hatred, uh, resentment. Uh, I had lonely. I had I, felt, I had a sense of loneliness and despair, and, and not because things weren't going good at home. I had a beautiful family, uh, a good job. I just I felt these things because I felt so empty inside because I didn't know what I was searching for. I was looking for something. I was searching for something, and I just didn't know what it was. But when God touched me, when Jesus, when I finally saw Jesus, I saw the face of Jesus. He filled that void in me. He showed me uh, with just kindness and love. He showed me what I was missing. And he let me know that, that there's, there is a purpose for me. There's a reason why I'm here. And that reason is, is to share his love with others. That's why I'm here. But, it, but there's a verse in, in Mark chapter 5, which, like I said, describes me so well with all those demons that I had inside of me. And, and after he took the demons out of this man, just like he did me, this, this man wanted to go with him. And when Jesus comes to you and he, and he saves you, you want to go with him. But Jesus told him this, go home to your friends and tell them what the great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. So Jesus had compassion on me. Okay, but here was the problem. How was I going to tell my wife? Because we, we didn't talk about God. We didn't go to church. And uh, how was I going to tell her this? So I'm thinking all the way home, I, I've got to tell this woman, what am I going to say to her? So I'm kind of to myself, I'm rehearsing to myself, you know, how I'm going to tell her this. You know, in my own mind, I'm thinking, okay, woman, this is how it is. This is what, no, I can't, no, 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 I can't say that. I can't say that. So finally, I just, I just had to tell her. It was so important to me. I had to tell her. I was wiping away the tears, so I didn't want her to know I was crying. And she was in the kitchen cooking, and I said, listen, I, I've got to tell you something. I said, I've been listening to these CDs from Rig Ministries, and uh, the Christian CDs, and, and these men are on there giving their testimonies and talking about how God has changed their lives and, and, and how God has come into their lives and saved them and give them another opportunity. And, and I said, God has saved me tonight. The Holy Spirit has come upon me and give me another shot. I, I said, I, I want to get some clothes uh, to go to church in. I, I want to get a Bible. I want a Bible of my own. 
And because there's not a Bible in the house, I said, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to get me a Bible and get me some clothes and I'm going to start going to church. Now, I didn't expect her to go. I was just letting her know what I was, what I was doing, what I needed to do. This is what I, not what I wanted to do, but this is what I needed to do. Because uh, as men, we're, we're financially, we're responsible for taking care of our family. That's our job as a man. But we're also the spiritual leaders of our house. We are the spiritual leaders of the house. So I told her this, and uh, she just looked at me with a, one of those deer in the headlight looks. And she just, uh, to my amazement, she just walked off. She turned around and walked off. And I don't know where she went. She could, I don't know if she went to, the, to her bedroom or, I, or outside up on the roof. I don't know where she went. So a few minutes later, she comes back in, and she's got a white Bible in her hand. And I could tell it had some age on it. It was, had creases in the leather bindings. And I was looking at it, and I said, I said, Hun, where did you get this? And she said, I've had this since I was a kid. So I look at it, I'm opening it up, and, and, and there's four-leaf clovers inside of it. There's scriptures that's underlined and highlighted, scriptures that meant something to her throughout her life. And I, I feel so ashamed that she had this with her all this time, and I was never able to be the spiritual leader that I needed to be. So I told her, I said, you know, I gave my life to Jesus and in the wheel of that truck, I give my life to Jesus. And she said, uh, well, what do I need to do? I want this too. So I told her, I said, you have to believe with your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. Now, bless her heart. Sometimes, love her to death, but sometimes she just gets a little silly on me. And she said, now, these sins that I have to confess with my mouth, do I have to tell everybody what I've done? I'm like, no, no, honey, no, no, that's not what it means. But we talked for a little while, and, and she got on her knees, and we both give our lives to the Lord right there that night. And what a great night that was. God has given me such direction uh, that I needed. I needed that direction so much, and he knew it. He was just waiting for the right time to give it to me. The following Sunday, I just kind of wanted to make it official. I've already given my life to Christ. I knew right then that this is the real deal. This is what I need to do. This is what I'm going to do. That my life is nothing without Jesus Christ in it. So the following day, I went to church. My wife couldn't go with me. And I'm going to let her tell this story here in just a few minutes. Because uh, it involves our son. But the, the following day, that Sunday, we went to church. I went to church, beautiful church. And I told my wife, I need a good, spirit-filled church. I knew that's what I needed to make me whole, to, to, to give the worship that I needed to do. I needed that good, spirit-filled church. I went to Brother Darrell Spicer's church. Um, and when, when, when the pastor gave that altar call, I threw my hands up as fast as I could throw them up. That day, I could have been an NFL wide receiver. I threw my hands up so fast. And Brother Darrell Spicer is such a man of God. He, he walked me to that altar, and he talked to me, and he led me through the sinner's prayer. And I give my heart to the Lord right there in, front of that, in that altar. And I give my heart to Jesus and made my commitment to him. The following Sunday... My wife came with me to church. And that great man of God, he walked her. He walked her to the altar also. And he prayed with her. And uh, that day, I, I felt like we, we had a great family. We had a good family, but I know then we had a great family. Because God was going to be in it. God was going to be in it. Well, my story won't be as long as what Richie was, his story was. Um, we have a lot of things in common, but there's a lot of difference in our childhood. I was raised to go to church also, but we only went on Sundays. And 
I was raised on a farm, and sometimes we got to go, and sometimes we didn't. Church was never spoken at our house. It was um, one of those things that you went to church, and you came home, and you forgot about it until the next Sunday morning. And uh, my dad was always there for me. No matter what I needed, he was there through my whole childhood. And um, I was married at one time. I was in my 20s and got married. My husband was very verbal, abusive. And I lived with that for many, many years. I thought I could live with it, but finally one day I decided that I had enough and I seemed to be by myself then to have anyone in my life that put me down every day of my life. And um, so Richie talked about my white Bible. I read that Bible about divorce, if he could forgive you for that. I wasn't saved at the time, but it leaned, it weighed a lot on my shoulders at the time for being divorced, but like I said, it was just one of those things that I decided that it was best to take the chance and get a divorce and hope that God could forgive me one day for it. So anyway, me and Richie got together and started dating and decided that it was time to have a child, and uh, I talked to him about it, and he didn't really want to have another child. Um, he had Brianna, but he realized that it was important to me, so we tried, and we ended up having Aiden. He is seven years old now, and last October, he was diagnosed with leukemia. He started uh, having leg aches and having a lot of pains, and we thought it was growing pains there for a long time, and finally, the school started calling and saying that he was hurting and stuff, and I just let him know that it was time for him to go to the doctor and see if there's something else going on other than growing pains, and he said he was willing to go. And um, on October the 16th, we took him to Vanderbilt, and uh, they told us that he had leukemia, and that was the worst day of our lives. They told, um, told us the news, and Richie had to leave and go back to work, and I had to stay there and hear what we was going to live through for the next three years, and it was very hard. But he's doing good now, and the main thing was when we told our friends and family, there was people that were sending us cards that we have never met. He was on prayers list on I don't know how many church lists. And we don't go to church. And I was just amazed at how many people reached out and how many people that we didn't know had told us that they was putting us putting Aiden on his their prayer list and not just the churches. It was friends that of friends. It was family of friends. It was just amazing how many people reached out to us. And told us that they was not only praying for Aiden, but for us too. My dad died several years ago. And I didn't understand why God took him. But some reason when Aiden was diagnosed with leukemia, it came more clear to me that Aiden needed an angel in heaven to look down on him. Even with the prayers, sending to God that it was going to be answered, that Aiden's going to be okay. So when Richie came home and started talking about the CDs and how it touched his heart, the first thing was the Bible, and the second thing was all the people that had been praying for him, for Aiden. And it just kind of clicked. It was just like, it was one of those things that I had been thinking about, wondering about, and it just, for some reason, it just all came together. And... It felt right. It felt like that's what we needed. That was where we needed to go was to put our lives into God's hands and get Jesus back into our lives and live right. And it was right after we had got baptized, I want to say, we went to um, church with Daryl where we started going, getting baptized. And Johnny spoke of the sins, and it was amazing of 
the sands that I had done through the years and most recently in the last year since Aiden had been diagnosed with leukemia. It was the way I was feeling guilty because I couldn't work. I had to stay home with Aiden. And that just never crossed my mind as a sin. It just, um, it's the way that Johnny put it, that just, you had to put Jesus first, talk to Jesus, pray, and he'll take care of everything. And I was putting myself before Aiden. I was putting myself before Jesus. And I didn't realize just how simple thinking can be and it be a sin. But it just was one of those things that just clicked and it was the right time for us to put Jesus in our hearts. Be saved. And uh, I want to thank Daryl and Gary for giving Richie these CDs and bringing them into our household and bringing us back to the Lord. My wife was talking about her son. He's a great little guy. Uh, God has blessed us with a, with a great son. Someone asked me one time, what, what's it like raising a little boy? And I described it like having a wild animal in the house. Because I got dents in my refrigerator, I've got dents in my cabinets and uh, scratches here and there, and where it's just like having a wild animal. But God has blessed us so much with him. Because of the prayers that's gone out, hundreds and hundreds of prayers have gone out for him. He, today he's leukemia free. You know, uh, the doctors have done their things and, and, and the Lord has done his thing. It's our job to be obedient to him and he will provide. He give us his promise on that. He would provide and he would heal us. Daryl blessed me shortly after we got, shortly after I give my heart to the Lord, Daryl blessed me by asking me to be a chaplain. And that's one of the greatest privileges I have had so far in my life. I just can't describe what it means to me to, to work in ministry and to work for God and to do something for Him, for something for His kingdom. We don't have to work for our salvation. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. There's no work that you can do to be saved. All that work has already been done by Jesus Christ dying on that cross. But because He saved me, I want to do something for him. I want to do something good for him because he's been good to me. But Channel 21 Ministries, what it's about is putting road chaplains out on the road, putting the chaplains out there for you, for you the driver. Our burden is for you. We want to help you with whatever that you have in your life. And uh, when you see one of these trucks, when you see one of these 21 ministry uh, road chaplain stickers on the side of the door talk to us uh, talk to us on the on the cb talk to us when we're out of the trucks that's what we're there for we're there for you and uh, since i am a chaplain for channel 21 ministries i do have a burden for drivers uh, and god has put it on my heart to have that burden for drivers and, and i would like to if everyone would just bow their heads for just a minute, I'd like to say a prayer for them. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer this day, asking you to watch over the men and women in these trucks as they deliver our nation's freight, that they may return safely to their families. Heavenly Father, I pray that you answer their family needs and give comfort to any obstacles that may come in their lives. Heavenly Father, in all things, we give thanks to you and that we know that we can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. I just love that prayer. I, one night I was uh, just sitting in front of the computer uh, doing some stuff and, and God put this prayer on my heart. I just wrote it down. And then I just typed it and I thought, I'm going to take this out there on the road. And... Uh, Sure enough, I come down the interstate near a truck stop and everybody's talking and, and uh, negative stuff. There's a lot of negative stuff that was going on. And I just asked for a break right quick. And they said, go ahead. 
So I said this exact same prayer. And it all just went quiet. And just a few moments later, a driver said, Driver, thank you for that prayer. Uh, thank you very much for that prayer. And I said, You're welcome, driver. God bless. And it just stayed quiet as I went on down the road. It just stayed quiet. And, um, you know, the power of God is awesome. He can go in there and just, when all seems chaotic, when all seems wrong, he can just bring peace and bring a calm to that situation. He is a mighty guy. Amen. <laughs> like I said before, I have a special burden for drivers. God has put that on my heart. And I just want to speak one-on-one -on -one with you right now, just the men in those trucks. How many times, I want, I want to ask you something very important, a very important question. If your sons or your daughters give their testimony, what would they say about you? Would they say the same things that I said about, would they say the same things I said about my father? Would they say my dad was a good man? But when he let Jesus Christ in his life, he became a great man. Drivers, how many times? How many times has your wife prayed for you? How many times has she laid in bed and cried because of you or for you? The Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. That, that, that softness that you feel in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, letting you know that it's time for you to be that man that you know that you can be. You can be that spiritual leader of your house. You can be that man that you know that you can be. I'd like to lead you through a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer. And it will change your life. From this day forward, it will change your life. It will allow you to be that man that you know that you need to be. And I'm going to say this prayer slow. Because I want you to hear every word that comes out of your mouth. You've got to believe it with everything that's in you. With every ounce of your soul. With every fiber you're being. You got to know that this is real and that this is what you want. And Jesus Christ will come in and touch your heart and he will save your soul and he will save your family and he will let you be that man that you know that you can be. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, here I am before you, a guilty sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Heavenly Father, use me. Shape me. And mold me. Into something pleasing in your sight. Lord, I repent of my sins. And I will live my life for you. From this day to the last. In Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. Play it.
Driver, I hope you appreciated that story. Richie Turnbo, life got completely turned around and upside down. And I'm so blessed that I was able to witness that and see that happen to this man and his family. As of right now, uh, at this date, Richie Turnbo has completed his studies to become a full-time pastor in the future. I think he'll end up being an associate pastor somewhere for sure and still be able to drive that old red truck he drives up and down the road. Uh, he needs to get it washed. I saw it the other day, and it's pretty rough. Oh, but you know how them truck drivers are. I, well, yeah. But anyways. Uh, I used to be one. I know it. But we appreciate Richie and his family and what they've been to Channel 21 ministry. So he he's done his studies to be a pastor. Uh, he is also a chaplain with Channel 21. He mentioned that. He's a senior chaplain. Uh, I guess you could say Richie's my right-hand man in this because uh, – not one ministry stands alone. It takes a lot of people to help work on a ministry and build up a ministry. But we're so blessed to see that happen. So, driver, we all go through stuff, but you don't have to do it alone. There's folks like Lonesome Road Ministries, Channel 21 Ministries. will stand with you. So give us a call if you need to talk, especially if you've said that prayer at the end and that you want to dedicate your life to the Lord and serve Him. Our number is 615-663-3199. And my phone number is 618-383-2107. And, hey, we get calls from drivers every day. And a lot of them just want to ask questions about something that they're not clear about in the Bible, maybe. Or we don't have the answers, but we know who does. And we will go to God, and we will get the answers for you. We can help you, drivers. If you want to give us a call, we'd, we'd really appreciate it. We do this because we love you guys out there. We used to be out there on the road with you, and now we just get to ride in the cab with you every once in a while. And then four-wheelers going up and down the road, too. <laughs> be careful. It might be with me or Gary out there in that left lane doing 22 miles an hour. That's right. <laughs> well, we appreciate you letting us ride with you today. We've got a couple of more songs Gary's going to put on for you to listen to. But as soon as these songs are over, driver, I probably need you to pull over up to this next rest area. I've been sitting back here drinking all your coffee, and I don't want you to be sleeping with a soggy teddy bear tonight. <laughs> I love it, Daryl. So, yeah, driver, please do pull over to the next rest area and, and let Daryl out of here. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> but uh, here's another song by Joe Arview that I just love, and driver, I think you're going to love it too. It's called The Days I Need Him Most of All. Joe Arview. Sometimes I fail God And wonder why He'd let me go so far Without a rhyme or reason He stuck around to watch me fall apart And sometimes I ask him why Why would you want to keep me in your grace For I know I have done some things To make me want to run and hide my face I think I can make it on my own Until the teardrop starts Only when I'm sick or lonely When I see my life falling apart Now I'm getting on the right track Pray the Lord catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him most of all Here I stand beneath Him 
begging for his mercy on my soul. Again, I've made a mess of things. Lord, come again and take control. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. I've left you out and made decisions on my own. Now I give them back to you. I lay them at your feet and walk on. And I think I could make it on my own until the teardrops start. And only when I'm sick or lonely. When I see my life falling apart Now I'm getting on the right track Pray the Lord catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him most of all, Lord, the days when I don't want you are the days I really need you most of all. All right, that's Joe Arvey. Wasn't that powerful song, Daryl? Daryl. Hey, Daryl, driver, I think we've left Daryl at the rest area. We're going to have to turn around the next exit, driver, and go back after Daryl. Oh, Lord, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. You don't want to go back after him. Well, friends, listen in next Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and see if I talk this driver into turning around and going back after Daryl. And we're going to close today's program with my testimony and song. At the foot of the tree, this is Dennis McKay to sing it for you. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart 
from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.